0: Hello and welcome to the Skytime podcast with me, Simon Cousins. It's been another tough week for the tourism and hospitality sector on Sky, with further government COVID restrictions hitting individual businesses hard. As much as we would like to be promoting our island and the great experiences we have, the reality is that the key issue facing the sector is surviving the next few weeks and months. I'm joined this week by the project manager of SkyConnect, Alistair Danter, to look at the latest industry research on the impact of COVID restrictions and what's being done to fight for the survival of our tourism and hospitality businesses. Alistair, welcome back to the podcast.
1: Hello, and thanks for having me again.
0: Now, how dark is the mood on the island at the moment?
1: If it hadn't been a nice week, it would be really dark. The weather has been good, and I think that's lifted our spirits a bit. But no, the future is not looking good. Once again, we're in a position where things are sort of changing by the by the hour and by the day. And so planning and running a business is, uh, is, is, is incredibly difficult. We're getting sort of reports of people sort of uh, uh, going to bed, uh, waking up in the morning and finding they've sort of lost £10,000 worth of bookings. Um, by the afternoon, they've sort of recouped 5,000 of them. Uh, and it's, it's, it's up and down. It's, it's, it's very, very difficult for people.
0: So what have been the direct impacts of last week's Scottish Government announcements?
1: Yeah, so we, uh, we, we carried out a survey uh, sort of targeted just at the hotel sector and then the cafes and restaurants just to sort of see how they were faring. Uh, and we've come back with some pretty, pretty stark figures there. Um, we were sort of asking uh, what, what's turnover looking looking like for the month compared to this time last year. And there we sort of had um, significant figures given to us that people are down uh, anything up to sort of 40, 50 percent on what they were last year. So turnover is certainly down. And we have to remember that, you know, in a way, sort of October is as a seasonal destination is quite often the sort of the last hurrah. What we get in October will keep us going through through the winter and will help businesses to keep staff on and and to keep keep their sort of their doors open. So with your turnover down, that's obviously going to be a struggle. Getting into the detail, because there's been these sort of restrictions now on sort of uh, on food sales and definitions on that and, and liquor sales, we're seeing people saying sort of uh, the drop in the liquor sales is resulting in sort of 76 percent loss of turnover uh, compared to last year. Uh, and then in terms of loss due to drop of food sales, uh, we're sort of looking at sort of 30 percent down. Two parts of the offer that are, are really sort of being hit hard.
0: We'll look at some more of the detail of the, the survey results in a moment. But as an overarching concept, is this effectively a lockdown or is it a halfway house? Where are we? Technically, it's not a lockdown. But the restrictions are
1: essentially making it a lockdown because we can't trade. We cannot trade effectively. Um, I think that's that's really the position we're in.
0: There's also the issue of... The central belt and the fact that there is much more of a lockdown there, but the government decided not to ban people from travelling from these areas. What sort of issues does that present for Sky Connect and island businesses?
1: It's a real tension, isn't it? You know, we're, we're convinced the work and the investment that the hospitality industry uh, in our area has put in uh, since reopening has been significant, and that we're, we're, we're a safe place to visit. All the restaurants uh, have protocols, the hotels have protocols, self-catering have protocols, bed and breakfast do as well. So we're fairly convinced that we were a safe destination. At the same time, you know, this is our home, this is our community. And so how do we sort of promote that safe destination to people coming from an area that everyone is aware is being put onto serious measures because of sort of Corona? We, We could be bringing a problem to our area. So, yeah, how to promote the destination in that environment is is very challenging. There is a big, big tension there.
0: It's almost a case of, in terms of promotion, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Has the government effectively passed the buck to industry here?
1: I think that is the case, yes. And you swither on this. You think it's kind of all or nothing. Yeah, we close everything. If you do that, the economy is affected. So I think what's got to happen is that the money has to follow the decisions and we can see what sort of uh we see what's happening in england now with the sort of um the tier one tier two tier three sort of strategy i think we can uh assume that's going to be adopted or taken up to greater lesser extent here in in scotland and i think we've we've got again look at those tiers and say okay what's the implication of those tiers you might be in tier one well in that case you know it's very clear You're, you're closed down If you're in tier two and it's a de facto lockdown, then sorry, there's got to be some money there as well. You know, it has to follow the money has to follow the decision.
0: And because the Scottish government hasn't announced this tier structure yet, we're not at the stage where we've got any indication as to whether they will be likely to compensate us. Uh,
1: We're not. No. I mean, there's discussion, obviously, of the, uh, the sort of 40 million that has been allocated, but once you start looking at that across the board, across the country, that's not not nearly enough. I mean, it's it's, it's not going to cover the number, I mean, it wouldn't cover Sky, to be honest, uh, effectively. If you look at the size of the businesses, the number of people involved, another step on is the supply chain, the garages that provide the hire cars or the garages that provide the support to the vans that are delivering materials and goods to, to the hospitality sector. The activity providers who are providing the entertainment for the guests and everything. You know, the knock-on effect is, is, is there.
0: You mentioned earlier that people are going to bed having lost £10,000 of bookings and then during the day they recover a few thousand. I suppose there's two points here. One, the government could say, well, your business hasn't been entirely affected, so uh, you're not due compensation. And, and the second point is, where are these people coming from and where are these people cancelling from?
1: I'd say there's a third <laughs> fact actually simon and that is the mental stress that that puts operators under you know you, you go to sleep sort of knowing this has happened and you don't know what's going to happen the next day and you've got responsibility for staff you've got responsibility for cash flow you've got all those things you know that's that's the third thing as well where are people coming from again it's a, it's it's a fair, it's a local market it is certainly is w- w- within scotland but also england and it's quite. It seems uh, for, for my, my my own experience of my own business, certainly is the uh, is the south of England is still looking very keenly at uh, at, at Northwest Scotland. I think the other thing I, I would say, uh, and this is another aspect, but answering your question, I hope, is that there's clearly a lot of pent up demand there. There is uh, a desire to travel. So if people. Think they can travel? If people can travel, they, they they will. So it's a question of yeah. Well, we can provide the uh, if you like that the host environment for that. It, it's how they get there, how they behave on the way, and what happens on the way is, is 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 an issue as well. So there's certainly demand. That that's one thing. So that explains your sort of uh, suddenly somebody having to cancel because of a new restriction, and then the next day, oh no, we can go sort of thing. So the demand is there. That's that that that's clear. So, yes, it's uh, yes, it's, it's living with constant change and uncertainty.
0: Coming back to the survey that SkyConnect conducted, 38% of respondents say they've lost £20,000 in October alone, and bearing in mind that's the last month of the year where they can make any real money to tide them over the winter, and that amounts to an average of 42% drop in turnover. Surely we are going to see businesses going to the wall as a result of this.
1: I think we will, yes. The first thing we're going to see, actually... Because I am an optimist, is um, a sort of return to 20, twenty, thirty years ago, when there was a just a complete break in in activity. At the end of October, you close and you stay closed until just before Easter. I think that's that's sort of step one. And during that time, you people are going to probably be making a decision. Right? Do we actually sort of call it a day here? But just that that first step um, that, that that I that I've said that is. It's taking us back 20, 30 years. And if you think of that in sort of economic development terms, you think what it's taken 20, 30 years to get to a position now where we've almost got a year-round sort of season. is a massive loss. Even if people sort of decide yes, we close and reopen in Easter, regathering ourselves will be a massive effort after that.
0: 30% of respondents to the survey said they had little confidence in their ability for their business to survive, if that rolled out and we lost thirty percent of the, the sector, what impact would that have on the wider economy of Sky?
1: It will be quite significant because if we um, if we go back to the uh, the, the Moffat report, which we uh, uh, you know which we commissioned and was uh, carried out earlier this year. If you look at the, you know, the sort of potential of, of the economy when we're, we're sort of firing on all four cylinders, we're talking about two hundred and sixty million pounds worth of economic activity on a year to year basis. So, um, yeah, do the sums. 30 percent of that is lost. The, the impact of that. Uh, and again, To repeat a bit what i said earlier it's it's not just the uh if you like the 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 front of house people the the accommodation and the restaurants it's everyone that's behind that lined up is also uh, uh, affected so in fact losing 30 percent up front well then that gets magnified as you as you as you go up the up down the supply chain whichever way you you say it
0: the survey also revealed that 53% of respondents say the governments in Westminster and Holyrood are, are not doing enough. What is needed at this point in time?
1: We had a discussion with um, Ian Blackford, MP, uh, earlier today, and he, he he asked us sort of, you know, what, what, what were our concerns there? And I think we, we're quite clear that if we're moving on to this sort of um, strategy of managing things with tiers, tiers one, tier two and tier three, um, currently tier one there is some, some compensation tier two there's none uh, well there has to be compensation in tier two that's absolutely clear uh, the second thing that I think we need is the furlough uh, sort of scheme ha- and job retention has to be kept it has to be brought back and we, we, we have to work with that because that's the only way we're going to be able to s- sustain uh, if you like, the assets and the the asset we've got, obviously is, is the destination itself, but it's the businesses and the people and and they're what has to be sustained and they will drive the recovery when the time does come. And there will be a recovery. I you know I'm saying that because I'm an optimist, but uh, you know we will get through this, but we, we can make it a bit better for ourselves if we make those investments now, the dip will not be nearly as as big as it will be if they're not made that's a lesson that's been learned in, internationally over the years dealing with disasters you know if, if, if the more investment you can pull in on the downturn the more shallow the dip will be uh, and so that that has to happen third thing that has to ha, has to happen is that the the chancellor and and his friends in, in Westminster have got to understand what a sustainable business is in a fragile environment like the West Coast. Because the logic, uh, if you like, the economic logic in, in, in this situation is not the same as the logic of a, a, a city or a densely populated area. Uh, yet you make your money from April till October, and that sustains you through the period when you're you're not making money, but you're you're just ticking over. So that really has to be rammed home and that, that sort of understanding of a different economic culture has to be has to be understood and i think that the fourth thing is we've got to look at sort of moral support we have to look support people for their mental health because i think that is um, a very very serious matter
0: as you say the directors of sky connect met uh, with uh, ian blackford mp today he listened to your concerns he's taken away these four points that you raised but is the message getting through to the government to boris johnson to rishi sunak
1: On the matter of sort of um, the fragility and the economic culture on on the West Coast, I don't think it is. That was pretty clear from our meeting. The other things I would say, and we do have to recognise the fact that this is a fast-changing situation. It's constantly evolving. And whatever we feel about politicians and particular political parties in there, but, you know, they are still only human. (laughs) Wasn't there a Bob Dylan song or a line in a song uh, sometimes even the president has to stand naked Um, you know we have to accept there are sometimes messages are not going to be clear because the situation in itself is changing so fast
0: you're also lobbying the scottish government and in particular kate forbes and and fergus ewing But judging by Kate Forbes' appearance on Question Time last night, when she was asked about what she was doing and how she would support business, she was very clear that she felt her hands were tied because the Scottish government has very little fiscal flexibility. It can't borrow. So it's reliant on Westminster. Does that mean that the Scottish government is essentially powerless to help its own industries?
1: I feel in a way I'm not... completely qualified to comment on that because I, I don't fully understand all the sort of ways in which Scottish government, uh, the powers it has. Uh, I'm, I'm not an expert in, in that area and I actually don't think a lot of us are. What I am concerned about is that it, 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 it is if that's being used to sort of manipulate public opinion. Uh, I think that's that would be a matter of concern.
0: One of the statements made in the in the survey of the industry that you conducted uh, really stuck out um, i I'll, I'll quote it it said, "Stop scapegoating the hospitality sector for the rise in cases associated with schools and universities returning. Is that a generally accepted sentiment that the hospitality industry feels as though it's being scapegoated
1: Certainly the, the hospitality sector feels it's being scapegoated There's absolutely no doubt about that whatsoever. I think the challenge uh, that that gives us is that we've actually got to work on, on on our communications, and we've got to get the narrative changed, because in fact, as we've said several times, the hospitality sector has gone above and beyond in terms of making uh, its environment safe uh, for people to come and uh, to, to, to come and join us and spend time in our, in our restaurants, cafes, and hotels. Um, so I, I think. Okay, it's clear this virus appears where people gather together. And what is is, the reasons for the the lockdown now is okay, you mustn't gather in people's homes. Well, okay, there's an obvious question then. So, where is it safe to gather? In a hospitality business. There's there's the answer. And I think that's the narrative we've got to work on now. And we've got to get that message out there.
0: In terms of this narrative, how important is it that people? and businesses share their individual circumstances the real story of people's lives and and livelihoods
1: it's incredibly important and i know that can be difficult uh and people might feel frightened or just not want to say something for a whole range of reasons but um that was one of the clear messages we got today from our meeting with um with ian blackford and he he just said quite clearly If I get a good case study, if I get a good case study, that makes my life uh, a lot easier. It makes the arguments I'm putting forward to, you know, whoever I'm talking to a lot better because, you know, yes, we can come out with statistics all the time and we can come out, but sometimes that just doesn't, um, doesn't cut it. You know, there's just too much data, but an individual business, the story of a family business that's been, been going for sort of 30, 40 years and is suddenly going to have to close its doors uh, and it is going to be lost. That is a much, much more powerful story. If we just go back to, uh, you know, a few years ago, I keep saying a few years ago, no, it's a bit longer, but, you know, foot, foot and mouth. And uh, you, you just think of sort of um, farms that had taken 40, 50 years to sort of build up their stock, their herd, and they lost it sort of overnight. They had to be completely destroyed what that would do to anyone. So, you know, it's stories like that, it's information like that, that we really do need to to, to gather. And, you know, in, in the coming weeks, we'll certainly be asking members to send us that. So so that will help us with our, our sort of advocacy with, with our elected representatives. And I think, you know, that's all almost,
0: it's more powerful than the statistics, actually, isn't it? I guess people can send their concerns and their individual situations uh, to Sky Connect, the email address info at That's it, certainly, yes. Changing tax slightly, but it's uh, on a similar theme. Um, advocacy work continues on another front. This week, and today in particular, sees the closure of the consultation process in terms of the proposals to license the short term let sector. How much of a hot potato has that been for Sky Connect?
1: It's been a huge amount of work. We've had a, a, an online teleconference with, with local providers. We've put out all the information that there is available on the, both the consultation process, the proposals that the government have put forward, uh, and the issues as we see them. And we, we, we've had a great response. Uh, it was very gratifying. Um, last mm-hmm. night, I got the sort of latest feedback from the national survey that's taking place by the uh, Association of Scottish Self-Caterers. And the response from Skylock alsh has actually been sort of segmented out from that of the Highlands, which was uh, good Good to see. So people are responding. I mean, there was a, um, a 43% of the response from the Highlands has actually come from Skye and Cache, which is great. Then when you look at the national picture, 12% of the, uh, of the response has come from, from, from us. We had a much greater response than the whole of Edinburgh. Uh, and so that, that's absolutely great. So I, I would want to Thank uh, all the people that responded to that, but also it does show. I mean, as the uh, the report itself is has segmented Sky and Our Shout, and they've actually stated this means we can look at the issues that have specifically been raised by people in that area. So I think that's a great endorsement for. The, the sort of positive of advocacy
0: it is worrying especially with us going through covid at the moment that the survey that the association of Scotland's self-caterers did reveals that around 30 percent of businesses say that they would leave the sector if this licensing scheme is introduced we can't afford to have that happening on top of the damage that's being done by covid can we
1: not at all also where else are people going to stay I mean, it's absolutely clear in this sort of, uh, you know, the the recovery period since since July that um, self catering is the is the preferred sort of form of accommodation. The minute we we could open up, every single safe self catering business was full and has been full right up until certainly the end of end of September. Most people are busy through October, again because that's a sort of safe environment. So if we lose thirty percent. Of uh, yeah, that, that, that sort of uh, accommodation sector just just on Sky.
0: Where are people going to go? You've said at least twice in this interview that you're an optimist. Give me one good reason why people should uh, have some confidence that we will get through this in one piece.
1: Because of Sky. Sky is the asset. You know, the the, the island is the asset. The people are the asset, uh, and the businesses they are more sustainable they've been through uh, a, an awful lot before so no i think they will um will survive
0: now it's nice to end on such a positive note alistair alistair danta thank you very much
1: thank you